thanks so much for joining me today. I have my friend and colleague, Michael Morrison here with us, and he has extensive experience in the marketing space, has been working on some really neat projects, and um, I'm really excited to have him share some of that expertise with us today. So Michael, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Valerie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, you know, you and I have worked together on a, on a few things here and there. Um, so I know a little bit about you, but why don't you give those listening a little bit of a brief overview of your background, how you serve clients, what got you into the marketing space in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, uh, it was a circuitous path. Mine was to the marketing discipline and marketing leadership. Um, in college, I studied fine arts, um, acting and directing. And um, uh, my my passion there was telling stories, right? Engaging audiences and telling stories. And that's still a lot of what I do. And um, But it was a long and winding road that find, found me. Um, uh, I was operating companies for a while, subsidiaries of larger corporations. Um, and uh, But I demonstrated a talent for marketing. So I ended up in marketing leadership in a corporate gig that I had for about 20 years. Um, I left that about, geez, 10 years ago, longer now. And uh, yeah, about 10 years ago and started consulting with other companies to help them with their marketing and their storytelling. And uh, that's how I got where I am. I've, I've worked with companies in financial services and technology, principally SaaS businesses, um, healthcare, um, and other managed services. So it's it's been cool because I've had an opportunity through my consulting practice and through my relationship with chief outsiders to work with great leadership teams in companies across multiple sectors. So I've learned a ton, met a lot of great folks, and it's a, it's a great job. Wow. I love that you have that background in acting and fine arts and all of that. Uh, because so many people I'm discovering as I talk to different folks in the industry have kind of that same story where it's like my original degree or what I thought I'd be doing with my career, where I started off is, you know, when you look at it, you're like, that, how does that connect to marketing? <laughs> but there are a lot of ties. Like you said, the storytelling piece is so important. Yeah. Um, it's actually probably one of the most important pieces in marketing from what I've seen uh, is getting your story in a good spot, helping your story communicate over to the customer, to the audience. Um, so I, I just love that you have that <laughs> and, uh, and, and have that just diverse background. Sometimes I think the, the better marketers come from that diverse background and then they learn on the ground all the tactical pieces but you've got the story piece that sometimes is really hard to teach someone that maybe went to school for advertising or business or, you know, they, they, they are very linear in how they're thinking and they don't necessarily think about the broader story. Right. That's exactly right. And in marketing, especially today, it's, in, it's such now a blend of art and science and, uh, and you've got to have both components in order to be really successful. Um, and uh, I, I, a lot of people, a lot of my peers in the industry came to it from the more scientific, more, more analytical, um, mm-hmm. more structural kind of perspective. 
and some of my colleagues like me came at it from a more creative perspective. But ultimately, we've all got to get to that place where we're able to blend the two disciplines in a way that, yeah. that one tells a story, but second actually finds an audience and engages them and moves the needle. Performs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you feel like is one of the biggest roadblocks for your clients over the years when it comes to telling their story well? You know, do you, do yeah. you find that they they have common threads of things that they struggle with yeah. to focus on the story versus maybe what they originally came to you asking for? Yeah, definitely. I would say that, you know, in most cases, it probably relates to the fact that, and this makes perfect sense, right? We've invested a lot of time and energy and passion into building a business. And we really believe in our business. We really believe in our product or our solution. And we can't wait to tell the world all about us. But I have to help them understand that the world doesn't care about you. The world cares about what you can do for them. Yeah. And so it's really important to reframe your business, to get outside yourself. Um, and, and I learned from an advertising agency that I loved working with years ago that they referred to that as living inside the bottle. It says, you've got to get outside the bottle to see how other people see you, understand how they want to engage with you, to understand how you are going to solve their problems. That's when you start connecting with people. And for a lot of companies, uh, they're so eager to tell their story that they forget to remember that they it's not about their story. It's about their their prospects, their customers, their clients, and what they need to hear. It's not what you have to say. It's what they're prepared to hear. Yeah. Do you have any like specific things that you'd like to do with clients or or ways to think about how do you understand what those customers or clients are looking for from a, from you? Yeah. One of the coolest parts about the work that I often do, I, I do a lot of branding work. I help companies understand their brands. And they always come in with a lot of preconceptions about we know who we are. We know what we stand for. And uh, but invariably, I do a fairly deep voice of customer analysis. So I'll mm -hmm. visit with a lot of their customers and I'll have probing conversations with those customers about how they found their way to the company, about the nature of their relationship with the company, about how the company makes their lives better. And, um, and I always get insights that come as a surprise, usually pleasant surprises yeah. to the client. And they're like, oh my gosh, they see us that way? And it's always a revelation to my clients to understand that their self-perception doesn't perfectly align with the market's perception, their client's perception. And that almost invariably leads to a much richer, more interesting brand and story. Yeah. Um, and it, then, then it's something that it, you, you begin to ingrain in their methodologies and processes and policies so that they're thinking about their business, not so much from their perspective, but from their customer's perspective. And that's, you know, that's when you get into this virtuous cycle where you're telling a story that gets reinforced by your client's experiences, which you can then amplify over social media, which you can then expand to additional customers. You know, it's just this wonderful flywheel effect that, that that's we're working toward. Wow. I love that. I love that. And, and starting, I mean, so many people hear that and they're like, you know, we know we need to listen to our customers and blah, 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 but they don't actually 
do it first off. Yeah. And then second off, they kind of struggle with how do I do that? Um, and, and, and also, um, to that point of like, well, if I do do this, are they going to tell me the truth? And so I think having somebody like you come in, that's a third party, that's not necessarily part of their, their company, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you're coming in as a, a consultant gives a little bit of an easier opportunity for someone to be more transparent about what the brand actually is versus just feeling like you need to tell, you know, whoever it is that you like what they want to hear. You know, I I think that's right. And certainly in my experience, conversations that I've had with my clients, customers uh, have been very frank, very candid. um, And, um, and invariably, so in addition to sharing pleasant surprises with my clients, I sometimes have to share some kind of sobering news about mm-hmm. what's going on, how people view their experiences with the company. So it's not all sunshine and roses. And I, it's very clear to my clients that that's not my job. I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. Right. I'm here to make you get better. Yep. So that you're more successful. So. Yeah, you're not there to make them feel good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you're there. They're bringing you in to tell them what you what they need to hear. So exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So uh, the last few years, there's been a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns thrown at marketers mm-hmm. uh, between pandemics and different staffing adjustments and you know brands feeling like they're you know going crazy keeping up with things and then feeling like you know, everywhere they turn, things are changing. So I'm curious, like, how have you approached all of the changes that are always happening outside of world events, but just digital marketing, the trends, the trends change really fast. How do you approach dealing with all of these changes? And are there any things that you've done in the last few years to innovate with your clients work to kind of adapt to what's been going on in the world? Yes. And, but, you know, it's interesting because when you look at like the, uh, the changes that um, Apple's operating system, iOS has made to their app to protect user privacy, when you think about the way Google has changed its algorithm to basically stymie the efforts of those people that used to kind of game the, uh, the AI to, to um, boost their results in search, a lot of that trickery is being taken away so that, at the same time that things are more complex and much faster moving, they're also forcing us toward a more simpler premise. Mm-hmm. Because they're taking away, again, the trickery that we've used historically to try to, to um, game the system to p- present ourselves to a broader audience. Yeah. And so, for example, I mean, the best advice I've gotten with respect to writing for search engine optimization is to write for the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gets right back to my storytelling premise, is that yeah. if you're honest with your reader, if you're sharing information that enlightens or educates or entertains them, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. And um, so as complex as it's become, I think it's forcing us into um, a simplicity and an honesty and an authenticity that we need. So as crazy it's become, and, it, and it, we continue to spiral in that direction. I just think that getting back to the basics, uh, being truthful, um, and, and if, if you can't deliver what you say you are, then you need to start delivering it. 
Mm. You can't lie because people are going to find out and then <laughs> you'll be in trouble. <laughs> well, and I think this, the younger generations, we've been saying for years, like they can sniff out any sort of falsehood, like, yeah, you know, older generations that may not have been as tech savvy or whatever, and didn't grow up engaging with different things online, sometimes get fooled a little bit easier, mm -hmm. but younger generations, especially Gen Z now, like you've got to show the authentic, authentic side, the raw yeah. side almost, and yeah. be more respect that way. So it's very interesting that you say that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fast. I, I, it's a good thing, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, my generation, I'm, I'm an older fella. Um, we were inclined to listen to authority figures saying, this is better, do this. Yeah. Today, people look for social proof. They look for, for you know, they talk to their friends, they talk to their family. They want to get a, a, a multitude of uh, inputs before they make a decision about a product or about a partnership. And, uh, and that's fine because that means you've really got to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, then the, the storytelling does become the cornerstone and ultimately representing yourself accurately with mm -hmm. that story is going to help you shine through better than if you just said, Hey, here's why we're the best. Right. You know, that, that might've worked back in the day, but now it's more like, well, I can read that list. No problem. But you know, help me understand the story behind why you're the best, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and connect emotionally with the brand versus just connecting factually. Exactly right. Yeah, it's the it's and it's and in so many ways, it's the most gratifying part of the work that we do as companies, because we know we really are making a difference in people's lives, you know, and even yeah. if you're just selling an ice cream cone, you know, for the moment, you're really making that person's life better. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, at the other end of the spectrum, you've got, you know, um, plumbers and repair people and um, uh, hospitals, you know, who all really do have an impact on people's lives. And every one of those impacts is a story. And um, and I think just by identifying with those touch points, really understanding your customer's experience, you can you can do a better job of connecting with them. Yeah, well. And as somebody who does a lot of content creation, especially on social media, I love it when a brand has a good story mm -hmm. and um, stories that mm -hmm. they're willing to open up about because it does allow you to do so much more with the social media space. Because I, I've seen story actually be very powerful in mm -hmm. email marketing. Mm -hmm. um, I see it do well on websites. I see it do well in even digital ads, you know, but yeah. on social, it feels even more important because it's these micro impressions that people are getting every single day to help yeah. build this story in their mind of who you are. And, yeah. um, you know, when we can focus on the story versus just the facts, it makes the social content perform better. You get more engagement, it gets more exposure it just helps the the marketing plan as a whole so much more when we can focus on the story and not just on the facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and think about it when you're scrolling through social media, um, you, you don't care about features and benefits. You want, you want something going on. Like, as, like right. I said earlier, it's got to educate, entertain, or enlighten. And, and if it does that, then yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at that. I'll spend some time with this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you're in a great space. I think social media, um, more than any other channel, is beautifully positioned to help reinforce that story because it is those. What, what was the expression you used? Micro impressions. Micro impressions. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, it yeah. Helps, really it's hard does because reinforce and reaffirm. Yeah, because people don't always see every single post you make. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the things that sometimes pe people get hung up on is they get so obsessed over every single little post, but it's like, no, there's a subconscious impression people are getting every time they see any of your posts. And yeah. so you need to make sure that you're consistent across that, but that, you know, that storytelling piece should be part of it all the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm seeing that more and more with people that those, even I'm starting to see it more on LinkedIn, people who are going more personal with their content are getting more and more engagement yeah. Um, quality engagement versus just hitting a, a quick like. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a little too personal. <laughs> I mean, there's like a fine line that you have to, to make with your storytelling, but, um, you know, I do think there's, there's some power in opening up about the struggle or the personal sacrifice or the journey that got you to where you're at or yeah. helping people understand, um, you know, there's just been immense uh, power I've seen. Like for the longest time, we didn't share about this partly because it just was very painful. Mm -hmm. But when we shared that we were having our first child and had and and included in part of that story that there was this history of infertility and the use of IVF mm -hmm. to actually be able to get pregnant. I can't tell you how many people sent me direct messages privately. Wow. And a lot of those were business connections. Cool. Um, and so, you know, it's just opening up about some of that stuff. And obviously like there's a time and a place for how vulnerable you get with your audience on social, but um, there is some power in connecting who you are as a brand with the rest of the world and other people are going to grab onto things and other people might yeah. get repelled, but, um, you they're know, not your, they're not your audience. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you're working with a brand and trying to tell the story, um, you know, do you have that struggle of like, they're not sure how deep to go or you have to really work to pull out some of their story? Or do you find that people are typically, very willing to open up and be a little bit more raw with things. You know, I would say that at the, um, at the corporate level, the opportunity for uh, the expression of vulnerability isn't as ready, yeah. um, but you can display humility. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's how it's manifested at the corporate level. When I coach executives or help executives with speech writing or um, or bios, for example, I really do try to encourage them to connect at a more personal level. So it's not just a snippet of their CV. It's it's actual, you know, here's who I am. Here's what I stand for kind of yeah. language. And, um, and it's, you know, in that context, it's probably not appropriate to get real vulnerable. Um, yeah. And of course, I, I would say that the majority of the clients that I work with wouldn't be comfortable with that. 
Um, but I mean, you're absolutely right. And I, I love what you shared about your experience because it illustrates so perfectly that when you get right down to it, we're yeah. all just people. We right. all want to be happy. We all want our kids to be, to thrive. Um, um, and so when you share those kinds of experiences, you're going to find a lot of love out there. And, um, that's the beautiful part about what we do. Yeah. The humility piece is huge. And I think, um, I've seen what I've seen with a little bit of experience from a corporate storytelling side of things is, um, the philanthropy side of things. Like Mm. if there's a cause that's really, like you may not go deep into the fact that, you know, maybe the CEO lost one of his children to pediatric cancer. Right. But knowing the little sliver, like they may not know all the, the details of that story, but they might know that it happened. Right. And that that's why, you know, whatever corporation has a really big push towards supporting certain research funds. Yeah. You know, and and those are the types of things that I think again, you can share some personal information without bearing all the, the details right? Um, and still have people feel like they have a connection yeah. beyond, like there's a reason and a purpose beyond just the bottom dollar. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm working on a project right now to help a company with its vision, mission, and values. And mm. one of the references that we've used, um, in our work is um, the founder of Zappos mm-hmm. talks about um, chasing the vision, not the money. Yeah. Um, uh, and the beauty of that is, of course, a vision, particularly a bold vision, right, is empowering and energizing and exciting and engaging, and it gets people worked up and inspired. And um, and what happens when you do that is the money follows. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the money. Chase the vision. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and when you do have a strong vision, and not every brand has that, not every brand needs to have that. Mm-hmm. Those that do have that like strong vision, I mean, the, it, the storytelling feels very easy. Yeah. Um, because it ultimately is not about you. It's not about your brand. It's about something so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many other people, so many stories of other people that you're impacting that can be shared that don't have to be just your story. You're just a sliver in their story. So it's, it's fun when clients have that kind of a, of an angle on things. Yeah. Even if it's just the perspective of, even if it's in a for-profit setting, but they're, they're passionate or super passionate about, you know, helping people save for retirement or live the life that, you know, that fits their dreams you know, mm-hmm. when they have that others focused perspective, sometimes the stories flow a little bit more as well. So yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. When you're really well anchored in who you are and where you're going um, and you're sensitive to the, the needs and challenges of your market, your client, your customer, yeah, uh, then the, it just sort of comes, right? It's just, it's organic. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are there any times when you feel like you've been going after, you've incorporated story really well, you've got your, you know, the right brain, left brain focus, you've got creativity, you've got the analytics, you've got the strategic approach, all of that, but things Mm -hmm. still didn't necessarily go the way you'd hoped. Um, 
how have you approached kind of bouncing back from something that you thought was going to be a win and just ended up being a big flop? <laughs> Early on. Flop. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny, we fight against this all the time in marketing. There's, um, and this, it's remarkable how persistent this is over the years. There's this belief somehow that we're going to hit a home run. You know, we're going to do this one campaign or we're going to yeah. have one, this, this one event that's going to change our trajectory. You know, it's going to be a game changer for us. And no, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. It's, um, it's, it, you're not going to hit any home runs. It's about getting into the market, making yourself visible, listening, uh, cra you know, refining um, and being consistent and repetitive and just keep at it. And over time, you're going to see that audience grow. You're going to see that engagement bloom and things will, will start going your way. But, you, you know, you've got to get rid of that that home run mentality. And for me, early in my career, uh, I had a lot of failures. I mean, you know, it's like, okay, that didn't work. That didn't work. But I would get enough successes to understand that in any endeavor, you're going to have wins and losses. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, any business, any company is a bit of a leap of faith. You, you assume, and maybe you've done considerable market research and you know, there's a demand for your product and you know, you solve a problem and you know, you do it in a unique way. And, and there's really strong evidence to suggest mm -hmm. that you, you should succeed. And chances are, if you've got that kind of a basis, you will succeed. Yeah. But there are a lot of businesses that start up just thinking they'll succeed, hoping they'll succeed and not knowing. Um, so there are going to be examples where a company um, has what they think is a really great idea, but there's just not a market for it, or it's not yeah. enough of a market for it, or it's um, they're not going to generate the kind of revenue they need to to support and sustain the business. So um, not everything is a not everything is destined for success. Yeah, uh, and you just need to understand that that's that's what it is. You take what you can learn from that experience. You make sure that you, the next time you're smarter and you do better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so if you were to give advice to anybody of, hey, in today's environment, with what, I, what I've experienced over your extensive career, what you're seeing going on right now, um, if people were to go out and, and go after one of those smaller, consistent wins um, that might help them hit the big win down yeah. the road. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give someone to go out and get their next win, um, whether it's small or large? You know, I would say it's, it's um, first of all, know who you are mm -hmm. um, and um, really do that exercise, that introspection. Understand, you know, we're, every company is in business to make money, right? We sure. want to sell more stuff, make more money, earn bigger bonuses, et cetera. Um, but stop thinking that way. So um, thinking about the business from the way it change, the way it impacts its customers, and the way it might impact the world, and um, start thinking about your business from that perspective. And um, and when you do that, then when you then start presenting yourself to the marketplace through you know whatever you can afford, if it's 
If it's organic social, great. If you can do some paid social, even better. If you can do some email campaigning, that's great. If you can do paid digital, that's great. If you can do content syndication or you know any number of paid strategies that you can employ to help amplify your message. Uh, but, but it all begins with really understanding who you are and the difference you can make in the lives of your customers. And once you understand that, then you can make better judgments about um, uh, what the best channels are to convey that message and to amplify it in a way that's going to generate engagement and win you opportunities for new business. So um, first, know thyself. Yeah. And then, um, and then figure out a way and just start start expressing yourself in a way that you know you believe at first and the later you know because you've tested it connects with clients and prospects um, and then either work with a partner or just start experimenting get it out there mm. see what happens hire valerie morris get her to do some social media posts <laughs> for you see how engagement goes there yeah. Um, and every, every step you take is a learning opportunity. Pay attention to those learning opportunities. Don't be impatient. Keep at it. Yeah. Um, and you'll get better and smarter and you'll, your connections will be more meaningful. And eventually you're going to have more fun and you're going to have a more successful business. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Michael, yeah. thanks so much for, for sharing that, like just that final little golden nugget of wisdom. Um, but really everything that you shared today about storytelling and how it integrates into your marketing uh, mix and your marketing approach as a whole. So I really appreciate you sharing from all your many years of experience and, um, you know, just what you're seeing happening today on the ground, because um, I know you're deep in it with so many different different clients that you work with. So thanks again for joining us. And if people want to uh, get more from you and engage more with you, where is the best place that we can point people to? Well, you can view my profile on the Chief Outsiders website. It's uh, chiefoutsiders.com. And they've got a directory of all the, C I'm one of over a hundred chief marketing officers in the Chief Outsiders tribe. And um, uh, so you can read my bio there. Uh, and you can also reach me at mmorrison at chiefoutsiders.com. Great. Well, thanks again. And uh, excited to share this with the world. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Valerie. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> if you liked what you just heard, please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one. 